another episode of the Impel Ford Podcast. I'm your host, Leon, and today I have with me Bo, Big Bo, Pro Bo, That's right. Mr. Former North Carolina in Bodybuilding. Uh, been knowing Bo for a, a long time, since 2001, yeah. two, three, yeah. somewhere around there. Met him at the YMCA. Of course, we was both working out. Um, we never hung out, never worked out together, That's but right. we always cordial when we see each other. Very respectful, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and... Um, I asked him to come on the show, and he's here with me. We'll talk about his life growing up and things he's been through and where he's at now. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Good to have Thanks you. for having me here, man. I've been watching you do your thing for a long time, Yeah. and I'm proud of you, man. Continue to do what you're doing. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and just dive into it, okay. you know, jump come into it. So Let's talk about it. Tell me what, um, you know, you did a st- we know you did a stint in prison. Mm-hmm. So tell me, how did it all start? Um, it all started, you know, I, I, I can say from, you know, my, my childhood, mm-hmm. me growing up, you know, seeing all types of uh, different activity in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, my mom was a single parent, mm-hmm. you know, my grandmother, and uh, so I didn't have that strong figure there to show me different things that was going on. So I watched the guys in the street, mm-hmm. you, know, you probably heard this a thousand times, right, right. and the things they were doing, I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I've always been a fast kid, man, you right. know, I've always been one that was mischievous. You know, stayed into something. And um, so it started from that to where I was exposed to uh, the drugs and, you know, making money. Uh, wanted different things, mm-hmm. you know, that I couldn't have. Mom couldn't afford the Jordans and all that kind of stuff back right. then. Mm-hmm. So it was my way of getting it. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, Leon, it started off with just, you know, me having fun. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Just, mm-hmm. you know, make a little money. There's no consequences. Right. And, um. And from there, it started to get bigger and bigger and bigger. As mm-hmm. I get older, I started right. you know, meet more people, sell more drugs. Mm-hmm. And eventually, they ended me up in prison. So what was your first, you did, how many times did you go? Uh, wow, I went to prison three times. Three times. Yeah, my mm-hmm. first trip to prison, I think it was in um, 1989. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, I caught a 10-year sentence. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went away for a little time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, was released on parole. Mm-hmm. Got out. Of course, I continued to do the same things. Mm-hmm. Uh, at a higher level, mm-hmm. end up violation, what they call parole, mm-hmm. went back to prison, again, got out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the third time I got out, uh, you know, I was trying to do something different. Mm-hmm. Now, know. how long did you do on your second stint? The second stint, I stayed gone uh, eight years. Eight years? Okay. Eight years. Wow. Eight years. Okay. So a total, at the three times I went to prison, uh, I gave them 12 years of my life. 12 years. 12 so you years. went back the third time? The third time okay. I did eight years. Uh-huh. The first time I did like 15 months, uh-huh. and I think the second trip, mm, I think I was gone maybe two and a half years. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. So all together, mm-hmm. each time I went, mm-hmm. you notice I got more time. Right, more right, time. right. They offered me uh, 45 years, mm-hmm. man. I had never heard of nothing like that. 45 years? 45. Uh-huh. You know, I'm, right. I'm not saying four <laughs> out of yeah. five. It was 45, 45 years. 45, right. And that, believe me, that, that, that sound is something that makes your body numb. Mm-hmm. And... um. By God's grace, man, I was offered a plea bargain. Mm-hmm. I took a plea bargain for 22 years. Right. And like I said, I fell up under one-eighth law, mm-hmm. 22 cut to 11. So mm-hmm. eight, a little bit over eight years, master that sentence. Right. Yeah. Now, you was telling me about when you, I think on, around the second time, third time you had went that you. But third, you yeah, the third time I mm-hmm. went, man, you know, I was really had my family and everybody telling me that, you know, man, you got so much to offer. You mm-hmm. get your life together. Uh, you need to do something different. And uh, I started to pay attention to those things, and I was trying to find myself in prison. One thing prison about, you either going to stay in the stuff or you're going to have time to reflect right. on your life. And that's mm-hmm. what I did. And I just made a decision that when I get out that um, 
I'm gonna do something different. Mm -hmm. You know, basic stuff like I'm getting my driver license right. that I never had mm -hmm. in my life. Like I said, I drove for 12 years without driver license. 12 years. 12 years <laughs> without driver license. Okay. And um, you know, just being, you know, making amends and trying to fix things. I wanted to really try to see can I live in this this society of doing the right thing. I've been mm -hmm. doing wrong all my life. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now we talked off camera a little bit. You was telling me about like you would see. People you thought was squares or lames. Uh. Yeah, I always, you know, I always been the type of guy that, you know, I was popular. Everybody knew me, mm -hmm. and I thought I justified what I was doing was right. And, wow. I, and I used to see people. Um, this young man used to live across the street from me, and uh, he had a couple of kids, mm -hmm. and I'd be just stood out there selling drugs all night. And I used mm -hmm. to see him get come out early in the morning, you know, warm the car up. Right. You know, trying to put the baby seat in the car and mm -hmm. drop the baby off, the wife off, and get to work. And I just thought that was like the worst thing could happen. He's right. lame. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So right. he's right. missing something. Mm -hmm. So, but I regularly had to go back to this guy mm -hmm. uh, on my journey of trying to be redeemed. Mm -hmm. And and I just told this guy, I respected what he he was doing back then. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I just asked for help. This so, was when you came home finally for finally, the last time. For the last okay. time. Uh -huh. And uh asked for some guidance. Mm -hmm. And um, this guy was willing to tell me. He just told me, You don't know anything. Okay. You know, you don't you don't mm -hmm. know how to live uh with a structure life, mm -hmm. you know. And uh I accepted that. So I started doing some things. I started mm -hmm. changing, started going to church, mm -hmm. you know, I stopped um distancing myself with certain people, going mm -hmm. to certain places. Mm -hmm. And um but in the back of my mind I still didn't trust the process. Mm -hmm. You okay. know, and what I mean by that, uh, people just don't go away mm -hmm. because you decide to change. Right, right. So I still had people offering me different things, different things. Yeah. So you were still in and out, in and out, in mm -hmm. and out, and um, you know that don't work. You have to make a constant decision. And um, I was doing all those things, and I was at first I, I jumped over a little something. You know, it's when I got the third time. You know, I had the first time I went to prison, I had been using. Okay. You know, I, I never was a big user. You know, I used abuse relief about three years. Three years. You was know. it hard drugs or weed uh, or? Well, uh, cocaine. Cocaine. Okay. You know, a little yeah. heroin. Right, you know. okay. At that time, basically what I can get my hands on, to be honest. Okay. And um, But I did it for three years. Mm -hmm. And um, um, so that was the biggest part of me contributing me going back to prison mm -hmm. those last two times. I was using now. Okay. And now I'm using and selling. Mm -hmm. So I got it all right. going on. Um. So when I got out, you know, uh, I had to be confronted with the NA program, mm -hmm. you know, uh, how you going to stay off the drugs. Right. How you going to do all this at one time is too much. Mm -hmm. And um, so I started going to NA meetings and being around different people who, who were just like me. Right. You know, mm -hmm. um, uh, and I started to share some things that I wouldn't normally tell people. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sitting around this circle and these people kind of pouring their lies out at there. And I'm like. I can't do that. I'm, right. you know, I'm, 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 I'm big bow. Yeah. I can't. I can't put right. this out there. Right. But um, once I started to open up about my life and and, and reality of what was really going on, that uh, I didn't have it going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I surrender, man. And right. um, uh, I was trying to make it, and like I said, I, I had a few things that I was trying to clean up and mm -hmm. dip and dab. And one day, um, that got me back into prison on my third trip. Uh, I was clean, mm -hmm. you know, I was working, you know, I'm hustling, I'm going to church, I'm doing the Big Brother program, mm -hmm. I'm doing Operation Hope, okay. I'm doing a lot of good Very things, mm -hmm. but I still have drugs. Right. And uh, in particular one morning, you know, I had been out all night, 
And uh, I came in, some guys that went in the place that I had some drugs at. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing led to an- another was a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people got assaulted that day. Right, right. And, uh, and, uh, and I ended up uh, getting busted and mm-hmm. charged for the assault. Right, right. And they ended me back up in prison, mm-hmm. which hurted me the worst out of the first two trips I ever had been. Okay. Because I was clean. Right. I called myself doing good, humiliation. Uh-huh. Right. You know, the disappointment that I had put the people going to see uh-huh. that I, I thought I had food. Mm-hmm. Um, so that trip there was the hardest time I ever had to do uh-huh. based off how I got back into prison. Right, right. Yeah. So I see you had a scar on your face. Did that come from prison or in the streets? Uh, I always wanted to ask uh, you that. I, I know you're going to ask me about that. <laughs> but... Um, no, I, I can say it came from the street. It just okay. came in a, in a part of my life where I was uh-huh. unmanageable. And right. uh, like you said, when you're dealing drugs and you're doing all kinds of stuff, uh-huh. it comes with all kinds of different relationships. Right. And if you get in too many different relationships, mm. you know, you know, everybody don't know the value of love right. and understand what love really means. Right. Uh, I was in a relationship um, with a young lady. Um, uh, they were about 12 years older than I was. Okay. You know, always kind of like older ladies at that time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it just came down to a misunderstanding mm-hmm. of uh, what my love was, what her love right, was. Right, right, right. And um, we lived together for a while, and long short story, she she got into a place that I still had, an apartment, mm-hmm. and uh, I was there with some more people that I shouldn't have been with. Okay. And I recommend she cut me while I was asleep. Mm. I was cutting my sleep, and um, the head in the paper, Leon, uh, oh, yeah? I think the next day it said bedside slicer. Oh wow! <laughs> right, bedside slice, and then it, right. again the thing was it was bow. Right, right, it was right. Just yeah. bow. Yeah. And um, had seven hundred some stitches inside my face, man. Mm. I mean, it was like it was terrible. I mean, it was one of the wake up calls to where uh, I can recall being in the emergency room, and they was telling me that all my facial nerves was cutting my face. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't gonna smile again, and right. my eye wasn't gonna open. Right. You gotta you can imagine what they're doing mm. to a guy on big bow. Right, you know? right, right. And um, and they couldn't take me into surgery because I had so many drugs in my system. Mm. And I can recall the doctor was asking me, you know, have I been up? I had been up three days. and mm-hmm. Did I drink? Yeah, I had about two cases of beer. Mm-hmm. Are you doing the drugs? Yeah, I've been doing cocaine. Right. How much cocaine you did in three days? Maybe right. an ounce or two. Right. And I got my mother, my sister. I got people who love me standing over me. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't want to say heroin in front of my mother. Oh, wow. And it's be an old term that identify heroin in the street, which call it boy. Oh, yeah, boy. Uh-huh. So I said, yeah, I've been doing a little boy. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said, well, I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> and my mother had a fit, but right. they told me that there's no way they could put me up under anesthesia. Mm. And if I had consumed that many drugs, I was already dead. Mm. I was already, and I, and for a second, I couldn't identify. Was I listening to them telling me I was dead? Mm-hmm. Or was I dead? Right. And uh, so even though I got the scar on my face, it mm-hmm. played a big part of me to where I'm at today. Right. So how, so what did they do? They end up giving you surgery? Or? Well, they end up giving me surgery. I went into surgery, and uh, uh, like I said, I had 700-some stitches. Mm-hmm. And I had some other activity going on that night that uh, I think I had shot a guy mm-hmm. that allegedly at that time. So mm-hmm. they were looking for me, too. Wow. So it was a bad experience for my family. Uh, mm-hmm. When I come out of the surgery, they got me wrapped up like a mummy and can't mm-hmm. see me, Leon. And But the police were there to tell my mother, uh, you got to take him downtown. Mm. And um, I don't have no clothes on. I yeah. ain't dressed. I just got hospital clothes. Right. And um, 
they ended up taking me downtown, charged me with that, and uh, they released me mm-hmm. uh, to my mother. So that's why I resigned to this whole thing. But it was a, it was an ordeal that I went through that right. um, uh, it took a lot for me to overcome from. But right. I did, yeah. Yeah, going being in the streets and going through things like that, we always put it's. I tell people all the time we put pressure on our families and oh, yeah. hurt our families yeah, yeah. a lot. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, my my mother. Um, uh, bless her heart. She she was the mother of mothers. Mm-hmm. You, know, you always had that neighborhood mother that everybody can go to, no right. phone number. Right. So everything I did, you know, uh, I didn't see that it affected my mother, mm-hmm. my f- my family, because we were so known. Mm-hmm. The Allen family from the West End, everybody knew right. it. Right. Right. Uh, but she, uh, me and my mother, um, uh, always had a more of a friendship relationship. Mm-hmm. For a long time, right. you know, based on how I was raised, I was the man of the house. Mm-hmm. I was told I was the man right, of the right, house. Right, 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 right. You know, doing things that, you know, grown folks should have been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a different conversation, different feel for each other. Right, right. And um, not that she felt that she was blamed for that, but she knew a lot of my behavior came from right. the way I was raised. Taking on responsibility. Taking on responsibility, yeah. you know what I'm saying? The lights was off. I right. knew how to go out there, you know, steal a meter and cut it back right. on. Right. If the water was <laughs> off, I had my own little wrench to cut it back on. Yeah. She knew I could get things yeah. done. Right. If I had to lie to the insurance yeah. man at the door, right. you know, I was the one to take care of those things. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, my mother was an uh, 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 inspiration to where um, she watched me transition through mm-hmm. all this. Right, yeah. right. Definitely. Now, from what it sounds like, your father was never around or... Uh, my father, yeah, my father was around a little bit, around as in I seen him. You seen him you around. Know, he wasn't in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was told who my father was, and uh, he was in the military. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, my mother was never in a serious relationship. Or okay. Anything, but I identified who he was. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that played a part in a lot of things I did, too. Mm-hmm. That when I did see him, I wanted him to see that I was doing well. Okay. I wanted him to know that. You know, I'm still gonna. I still got a car. I still got shoes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But um, he was around. Never got the confirmation mm-hmm. of um, he was my father from him. Right. Too many years down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but we didn't. We didn't never have a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more on a uh, identification. If he seen me, I spoke. Mm-hmm. But um, we ended up. Talking maybe years down the road, but my father was never—he was never there. Right. Father's relationship. No. Okay. Yeah. Now, are both your parents still living? No. Uh, well, uh, my mother uh, passed, going on two years. Okay. Sorry to hear. Yeah, she passed. Uh, my father—he's um, is a resident at the VA. Okay. Um, he had a stroke a few years ago. Um, oh wow, maybe about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, which still is a touchy subject for me, right, you know. Right, uh, I didn't go see him for a long time, and one thing my mother did before she passed, she encouraged me to go see him. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, did y'all have a relationship? Yeah, yeah she right. encouraged me to go see him, and I did, me and my wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think things happened unexpectedly that uh, spiritually or emotionally I wasn't, you know, I still found out I was still that kid. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I yeah. thought I was over it, I was a man, mm-hmm. I did all these things, but I was still alone and mm-hmm. for, for that uh, uh, confirmation. Right, right. And I started, you know, to go see him, and I end up going to see him every day. Okay. You know, and I don't know how that started, you know, bring him Sunday eve, right. because I wanted to question him and ask him about things. And being in the military, I heard that he had other kids, right, uh, overseas and right here in Durham, right. And um, 
and so we kind of bonded it a little bit. And um, but he he was married, and mm. he had a wife that never accepted that mm-hmm. he had an outside kid. Kid, okay. Regardless, and, and me being the, the, the kid, right? And uh, she, she was in the way of it, and uh, he he wanted me to bring him out on what they call a home pass from the mm. prison, right? I mean, from the uh, VA hospital. And uh, she stepped in the way of that. I, mm. mean, I came in one day off the elevator, and the nurse said, excuse me, Mr. Allen, can I speak to you? I said, sure. She said, how do you know Mr. Whitaker? Mm-hmm. I said, well, he's my father. Mm-hmm. I can recall the nurse asking me, well, how do you know that? Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> my mother told me that, yeah. right? Uh, right? But it's strong. You imagine how I felt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that his wife had recommended that um, I can't take him anywhere. Mm. that he was my father. So you can imagine right. the anger mm-hmm. and what I felt. And uh, so I walked in, and he was sitting there, and I sat there for a few minutes watching, and he realized I was there. And um, he turned around and said, are we going out? And I just told him, no, we can't. And wow. And he wanted to know why. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, your past caught up with you today. And mm. I told him, I'm giving you one shot right here. I'm a grown man. Right. I'm going to give you one shot. Mm-hmm. I understand it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Good looking man, you in the service, mm-hmm. you come into town, right. you in everybody back door, you went through a door that that caught your attention, you lied about your past, you got one shot at it. Mm-hmm. And he confessed, he said, man, oh, I'm sorry. And so you saw for what, he said, I've been lying for 40 years, mm. I told you you want my son. Oh, wow. And that, mm. that you know, to be honest, that, that did something to me, but I wanted him to feel that pain mm-hmm. and I told him I said, well Bill you have to sit in it today mm-hmm. and Leon started walking towards the elevator man my, my legs again I think I had did lid day today my legs <laughs> was numb I couldn't walk and I was just saying Lord you know please don't right. let me turn around right right I mean it, I mean it was some it was some real motion stuff and he was calling my name mm. Bo Bo mm. and the elevator started to seem like it was down the hallway right. then I heard one of the nurses say Mr. Allen he calling you and I said, Lord, don't let me turn around. And I didn't, man. All I right. went on that day. And uh, and I just took that, Leon, as a, as a, uh, a closure, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak, that even though it wasn't what I wanted him to say, right. he said it. Right. And uh, so I haven't been back since. I'm, I heard he was doing well. Right. But I just used that to try to make my life better um, um, with my kids, right. you know, for, Based off our relationship, mm-hmm. have affected the way that I have had my relationship with my kids. Right, you know, which I'm trying to make better. You know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's deep, right? Yeah, that's it was pr- deep, that's pretty deep, you know? right? <laughs> and uh, and like I said, I, right. I I have three girls mm-hmm. uh, and a boy, and uh, uh, grown kids. Mm-hmm. You know, having grandbabies and stuff like right. that. Right, and uh, I have a decent relationship. Um, it's more so whatever position they want me to play right right, know, right. Uh, like you can imagine the time I was in prison mm-hmm. I was out their lives right in and out mm-hmm. so it wasn't a whole lot of healing but I think a lot of that behavior uh, came from that I just didn't understand you know the fatherhood right. or have that direction of a father mm-hmm. but, but it's better right. you know things working out good Ooh. yeah you didn't see that one right come. Here. Yeah, that's a good one. Right? <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good, though. Yeah, so yeah. let's talk about this bodybuilding. Oh, wow. Well, okay. I know you went to prison. We all work yeah. out when we go there. Definitely. So most of us anyway. Definitely. How did you get into well, bodybuilding? Well, you know, um, I've always been an athlete, man. Mm-hmm. You know, always been bigger than my size. Right. You know, you know always call myself a man-child. Right. Um, 
but the bodybuilding started, you know, uh, I got to stay in the, in the prison. Mm -hmm. You know, I got yeah. in the prison and, and started working out. You ain't got nothing else to do but work That's out. That's it. Read. And I worked out, and they started having a couple competitions inside the prison. And, you know, we didn't know. We just thought how big and big go down there. So right, I got right. in the competition, and I think I won that. Mm -hmm. And from there on, it just always became a part of me working out. It's right. always been a like a routine for me. Mm -hmm. So when I got out, I wanted to continue that, mm -hmm. you know, um, more so as a place to go as a safe haven. Right. You know, um, I don't want to go back in the streets. Am I ready to be around certain people? So I stayed at the gym mm -hmm. all day, all night when I got out. And um, and I worked out. I worked out. And one day, uh, I met a, a gentleman named Maiden Nance. Mm -hmm. You probably heard that name before. Nice. Uh, he was a known bodybuilder. He owned a bunch of restaurants. Mm -hmm. and he was an old guy. He kind of looked like Ric Flair. Okay. And he walks up to me one day in the gym, and he said, man, wow, you have a nice physique. You look great. Are you a bodybuilder? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, he said, wow, you don't know. Right. He said, so you a weightlifter or you a bodybuilder? Mm -hmm. He said, if you find out, he said, if you be a bodybuilder, man, you can you can be great. Mm -hmm. And I started trying to figure out what he mean. I'm right. a weightlifting bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to pick his brain, and I was working out with some guys who really didn't care for him for whatever reason. Right. So I started coming in early. Right. So I can pick his brain, and they won't see me with him, and everybody be cool. Mm -hmm. And the more I talked to him, the more he started identifying with me about what bodybuilding was. Mm -hmm. Bodybuilding is a job. It's a craft, mm -hmm. it's art, it's beauty, mm -hmm. it's spiritual, mm -hmm. it's ballet, it's individual. Right. And he said, if you can take on all those things, you can be great. So me and him started working out together, left my friends alone. Around what year was this? This was uh, probably 2000, maybe 2000, okay. 2001, something okay. mm -hmm. Um uh, I think my first show might have been 2005, okay. I did the first show. Mm -hmm. And didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know nothing about getting shaved and mm -hmm. dehydration and, mm -hmm. you know, putting on the trunks there. Everybody just laughing. I don't want to <laughs> wear these trunks up there. Up here. Yeah. Big bow, I can't put these trunks on. <laughs> right, right. You know, getting painted. But he was right. there with me for the whole while. And uh, I won that show, which was at uh, Virginia State University. And um, that continued. Mm -hmm. So he became my coach. And now I'm putting all my time into the gym. Now I'm studying bodybuilding. I'm reading everything about the great Frank Zanes and the mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm reading everything I can read. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with it now. Right, right, right. And that went on for a while. Um, I ended up winning a couple more shows. And uh, I just started to get better and mm -hmm. better. And as I was doing this, no one was coming to the shows. Right. None of my friends, maybe one or two, was coming because mm -hmm. they didn't take it serious. Everybody said, oh, he's doing some recreation stuff. <laughs> right. You know, they thought it was just like me down at the park. Mm -hmm. uh, I started to get some attraction and some attention when uh, I won Mr. North Carolina. What, what year was that? Uh, I won Mr. North Carolina in 2011 mm -hmm. and 12. Mm -hmm. And you can't repeat Mr. North Carolina. Okay. If you win that show, that's how big it is. You always gonna be Mr. North Carolina. Oh, so you you still Mr. North Carolina? I'm still Mr. North okay. Carolina. Correct. I think, former, I, I think, uh, I, I yeah, think yeah. at the beginning I said former. <laughs> right, right. So, so you still Mr. North Carolina. Right, exactly. Okay. So that's that's how big the show is. Mm -hmm. uh, I won that show, and that show really kind of like changed changed mm -hmm. my life in a way for us, mm -hmm. Pro Bowl. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, and um, I didn't realize how big the show was. And what I really had done. Mm -hmm. And one particular day, uh, 
my wife now, which was my fiance at the time, mm-hmm. um, said that someone was there looking for me, wanted to talk to me. Somebody came to your door. Came to my door. Okay. And uh, it was Lewis Bolden, mm-hmm. and Lewis Bolden was the head editor of Century at the time, I think, and mm-hmm. the Durham Herald. Okay. And uh, I get on the phone, talk to him, ask can I can I help him? He said, Hey, champ, how you doing? Just want Mr. North Carolina. I'm here to tell you. I want to hear your story. Uh, and I'm saying to myself, what story is to hear? I, I mean, I wanted to show. Yeah. He said, No, nah, I heard you recovering at it. I, I heard you ex drug dealer. I heard you being in prison. Mm. And I was like, Oh my God. They done dug up everything. They done dug up everything, <laughs> right. you know. And he said, I want to hear that. I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I felt some kind of way because, you know, Leon, I never wanted to uh, uh, mislead people who I was. Mm-hmm. You talk to certain people, they think I'm a bodybuilder. Right, right. They always see me to be a bodybuilder. Just bodybuilder both. Don't know yeah. I'd have been through right, any of that. Right, right. So he came to my house and we started to sit down and, and tell my story. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you Google today, mm-hmm. not the crime law, you can right. Google me today, Gerald uh, Allen, the bodybuilder. bodybuilder. Uh, you see one of the articles where it says, what a ride. Okay. And I'm telling him my story, and it was just unbelievable to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came up with that headline, what a ride. Right. So I would tell my fiance at the time, I couldn't sleep, what everybody going to think. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd have talked about everything in here, you know, what people going to think of me the next day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it came out. Right. And uh, it was big, man. It, it changed my life. You know, it really empowered me to another level to where people could not believe mm-hmm. that I had been through that much in my life right. and the transition into the bodybuilder, you know. And uh, so I just started to add that to my to my shows. And uh, and bodybuilding has been my life, man. I did a whole lot of shows. I mean, I've been there with Vic and the Valerie, uh, Muscle Heat, mm-hmm. um, NPA Pro shows. I started off in the NPA, mm-hmm. NPC. Um, I just did my biggest show, 2019, okay. where I got my pro license. Okay. Uh, and that was in Teaneck, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. You know, the bodybuilder took me a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up getting my IFBB pro card, okay. which stands for the International Federation of Bodybuilding. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, uh, just been working out a long time. The bodybuilder yeah. been my life. I did, I could be going about how many shows I did. Yeah. They've been everywhere, but... They've been a big part of my transition as uh, uh, far as where I'm at right now today. Yeah, yeah. So how did it feel when you won? That yeah, you won and take me through that process oh, on stage. Oh man, well it was I mean, it was it was it was a feeling I can't explain, man. Mm-hmm. It was overwhelming. One thing I gotta explain is that I come from a life of being you know, being cold mm-hmm. and you know, not not expressing my my, my feelings mm-hmm. or then you see me cry, or you know, well, I, you I, express your feelings, but in another way. In another way, right, <laughs> right, right, right. So I, it was like, it was new for me, mm-hmm. but it was like a feeling of positivity, man. You know, mm-hmm. you did something good, right? Like I finally found something that, um, wow, I can grow from mm-hmm. that I really like. Mm-hmm. You know, that you know, one thing about bodybuilding, you're gonna find out something about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, the discipline and, and the and the, and the work that you put in it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it was emotional, man. It was huge. Uh, it encouraged me that uh, I can do whatever I wanted to do. Right, right. You know, uh, that's what I got from it. But it was a feeling that uh, it's overwhelming, man. Right. I mean, each time. That y'all, when y'all pose and stuff, you do it to music or anything? Yeah, I do like it to, to, you do it to music. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I'm a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I consider to be a heavyweight. Right, right. And uh, I go on stage around about 217. Okay. And... Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, 
you got to have poser music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm probably the only black guy bodybuilder that can't dance. <laughs> so, you know, I was trying to find a song that, you know, I'm using all kinds of stuff. Right. I, I think my first uh, show that I did, uh, uh, 50, you can find me in the club, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Right, right. But uh, I started using a song that is uh, it's by Howard Huey. Mm-hmm. I think he sung with Sean Lamar. Yeah, Sean Lamar. Uh-huh. And he sings uh, Amazing Grace. Mm-hmm. And he sings it a cappella. Okay. It's like it's like 90 seconds. It's like that deep. So you're up there posing I'm to Amazing there, Grace. I'm up there posing to Amazing okay. Grace, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Amazing Grace is not really religious, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just one of them songs that, that, that requires uh, attention. Mm-hmm. It's a reflection song. Mm-hmm. And... And when you see me moving to it, man, mm-hmm. you know, people sitting out there like, wow. They, mm-hmm. they were mesmerized. Like, now my story became to mm-hmm. the front. Right. Now, really, now they can see what I had been through. Mm-hmm. And you can see it in my movement. Yeah. Uh, it demands silence. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole place is silent. Right. And, uh, and I've been doing that song, wow, probably for the last 15, 17 years. Yeah. You know, people change songs every, every yeah. show. But that's my song. Everybody knows me. You know, if you go out there before me and you'd have had this boom, 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 mm-hmm. the place gets silenced. Mm-hmm. And I we added some some stuff to the beginning and the end. And it says that I summon thee, mm-hmm. come forth from the darkness into the light. Mm-hmm. And I start walking out on it. And by the time I get out there, it's, it's just a powerful thing, man. Yeah, I'm sitting here picturing uh, the things you've been through and you done talked about. Yeah, and then it's a reflection. Yeah. Amazing Grace. Amazing, now, yeah. Did you? How did you come up with the song? Like, it you, fits everything. Well, you, you know what? I was, uh, uh, as I started to get into the bodybuilding, you know, I, and, and my story had got out there, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it changed the look and the outcome of me. I wanted to keep that. Mm-hmm. I wanted that when everybody see me, they will reflect back on like what it took for me to get here. God's grace. God's grace, yeah. the sacrifice that I put in, mm-hmm. and and that you, know, you can overcome anything. Right. You know. So I was just listening to all these music, and, and I don't want to offend anybody. You know, mm-hmm. we live in the world today. Everybody got this, and I just come across this amazing grace, man. It's always been something in my soul about amazing grace. Wow. You know, you can play it all day. It just takes you back to places that we'd mm-hmm. have closed doors on right. or uh, times in our life that we'd have got over things. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those songs I think that everybody can get something from. Right. And it just fit my soul, man. It was like, you no know, God was saying, this is your song. This is my story. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when you see me moving to it, it's just I can feel all the energy or everything that I have took on in my life mm-hmm. that God have showed me that you can achieve. Mm-hmm. That's where it come from, from this song. Man. Wow. You know, That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Now, we was talking about another, your life now mm-hmm. of yoga. Yep. How is that? Well, the life I have now, like I said, I did bodybuilding, man. You know, by God's grace, me and you sitting here talking, you mm-hmm. said at the beginning that, you see, you've been knowing me since 2000. It seemed like years yeah, ago, years right? Ago, so right. I've been doing bodybuilding a long time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in the process of uh, uh, healing, yeah, uh-huh. you know, trying to take care of my body. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people just see um, the gym part of bodybuilding. Right. They, they don't see behind the scenes and, you know, the dieting and mm-hmm. the food. 
um, playing with your kidneys, mm -hmm. you know, when do you take water out your body? Right. That's a very dangerous thing that uh, uh, that bodybuilders do that people don't know. You be seeing a lot of bodybuilders having heart attacks yeah, 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 and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and the question that I'm gonna answer that I never I get I've been getting all my life steroids, steroids, <laughs> and oh yo steroids, you got to be on this and that. Right. You know, I can honestly sit here and say that I never took any kind of steroids right. or anything, and, mm -hmm. and that was God's grace, and that what. That what motivated me. If I look like that, if God put me in a position to look like that, after all the chemicals that I had had in my body, mm -hmm. it, it had to be some powerful right. for people even to question me. You know, yeah. I started taking it as a fence, mm -hmm. but it was like, wow, mm -hmm. if they see that in me, mm -hmm. how much power did I have here? But I never have, you know, I have took, you know, uh, high power, you know, your testosterone levels mm -hmm. and stuff like that, all that kind of stuff, but just steroids no mm -hmm. but um but the wear and tear you mm -hmm. know uh, tear. i got arthritis yeah you know i look good but i got it everywhere yeah <laughs> um to the point where uh i just taking yoga right you know stretching mm -hmm. um uh relaxing and, and trying to do the things to mm -hmm. where uh i could take care of my body and healing so mm -hmm. i'm semi Retired, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's not officially been untold, but you know, I always worked off uh, challenges. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, people say I'm 56 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, and people still expect for me to look like this. Leon, when yeah. I come oh, to the yeah, gym, yeah, yeah, they come yeah. in, they still ask me how much you bench. Yeah, you know? right, you right. Know? Yeah. I, man, you bench 500 pounds. I don't know, right? So, speaking of that, I seen you yeah. squatting 500 pounds. Yeah, you, you have, right? And I, <laughs> yeah, I did right. that, but I'm in an age now where. It's all about just being healthy mm -hmm. and and um, and leaning out, right. and um, so that's that's where I'm at with it right now. Yeah, I, um, I don't I don't know if I was seeing you around this time. I was I was probably about two twelve. Mm. You know, I was picking up some good weight, but mm -hmm. I hurt my back. Yeah, yeah. Started having yeah. problems doing CrossFit for a little bit. I was doing some everything, and yeah. then yeah. I said, I'm trying to just. Chill out and maintain, yeah, maintain yeah. the body. And and know? that's something that uh is hard to do. You know, mm -hmm. like you know, when you have a passion for something, mm -hmm. um, because I have had warning signs. Right. Oh and, yeah. And what I mean by that, you know, I went to the doctor and you know, the doctor said, Hey, you you know, you are taking too much of this and mm -hmm. you don't have enough of this, yeah. you don't have enough sodium in your in yeah. your system mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And um you know, I have a good relationship with my doctor. I encourage that with anybody. Oh, yeah. you know? oh, you're yeah. going to take anything. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. if you're going to take the steroid, <laughs> let somebody know. Let a doctor know. Right. But um, I started to uh, uh, um, always felt like I was, you know, nervous and, 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 and have a whole lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't figure out what it was and, you know, why I was getting so jittery or upset. So right. a few years ago, I was diagnosed with um, anxiety okay. and panic attacks. Okay. And I could not believe it. Right. Me, both, <laughs> the big person I am talking. Right. And, but it explained a lot of things that was going on in my mm -hmm. life at the time where I was so uncomfortable, mm -hmm. even if the show was about me. Right. And how I had to pres persevere through mm -hmm. that. But I found out it was uh, anxiety, you know, um, a uh, light structure, right. you know, they couldn't figure out what it was. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I still laid my clothes out right. for gym the next day like I was in high school. Right. And But it hit on the head, and it was something that I accepted that, you know, I started sharing with people, mm -hmm. you know, keeping to myself. Right. And um, so I started taking those type of exercises, right. breathing classes. So mm -hmm. that's where this, the yoga comes yeah, yoga. into play yeah. in yoga. And uh, it's been good. It's been right. success to where... Um, 
you have to identify with your body mm-hmm. and know what's going on. We're getting older now. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I just work out every day. I work out five days a week, mm-hmm. you know, Monday through Fridays. Weekend, I try to rest, take uh, care of myself. And do you ever go back to the old ghost gym and the big uh, it, gyms yeah, where well, people slamming weight and screaming? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. I belong to the uh, Velocity, okay. uh, which is off uh, in Durham, okay. uh, in the Guest Road and, mm-hmm. and Carver. Okay. And that's probably the last powerful gym that we have okay. around. You yeah. still got the chalk and yeah. the freeways yeah, free and weight, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So I still go there every now and then. But uh, I work out at Planet Fitness. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I think it's, it's probably the right speed for me now where right, I'm at. Right, yeah, you know, because yeah. a lot of people see me like, what are you doing here working out and playing fitness? Right, right. You know, I think this is where I need to be at for what I do. And if yeah. you know what you're doing, you, you don't need necessarily all that heavy weight. Exactly. You know what you're doing. You you know what you're doing right. And I, I've been teaching resistant training for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe in it. I'm convicted with it. Right. I can defend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can prove it. And... All that I'm saying is that resistant is a controlled environment. Right, right. Yeah. I believe in if you can't control your weight, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be picking up anything. Right, oh, exactly. Right, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. with everybody into the IG, you got mm-hmm. to get your videos yeah. in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you can't do seven correctly by yourself, right. I believe in that's too much weight. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing the magic nemo in the gym, which is 10, mm-hmm. I think that's automatic. Right. So it still should be our best trying to get to 10. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, we trying to break the body down in the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The gym doesn't build no muscle. I can exactly. say that right here exactly. on your podcast. Yeah. The gym is, is, is the service department, mm-hmm. right? So you want to try to have what I teach is two mindsets. Mm-hmm. I woke up this morning training. Mm-hmm. What, what you mean by that, bro? Did I eat? What did I eat? How much did I have to eat, mm-hmm. right? When I get ready to go to the gym, I'm going to the gym to work out. Mm-hmm. And once I'm done working out, I go back to uh, training, mm-hmm. right? Because we, we spend more less time from the gym mm-hmm. than at the gym. Than at the gym. Yeah, so I try to teach people not to put too, so much, you know, I got to get to the gym. Yeah. I hear that 10 million times a day. Yeah. But what yeah. I see, boy, I got to get to the uh-huh. gym. But, um, yeah, I, I think that it's the nutrition part. Uh, the rest, the, and the rest, the recovery. Yeah, recovery. Uh, I don't think they really use the word diet mm-hmm. so much now. Mm-hmm. It's associated with depressing. Mm-hmm. Right. Who wants to be on a diet? Yeah, depressing, right? Yeah. But we have to follow the rule. Mm-hmm. You have to know what you ate, when you ate, mm-hmm. and how much. Right. That structure. Mm-hmm. And um, and the three main things I, I preach to stay away from, and most people addicted to one of the three. You take your pick. We're talking about sugar, mm-hmm. salt. Mm-hmm. Flour. Right. We all got one out of three. Right. Those things satisfy the body. So you ask yourself, oh, but I only ate one time today. You know, how is you able to do that and function and making decisions and right. going to work? One of those three factors. Mm-hmm. Right. And they don't go with water. Right. People say, I, don't, I can't drink that much water yet. You're full of one of those things. Right, right. So I just try to bring people's mind back to what's real. Uh, they're selling all kinds of stuff. You, oh, yeah. You know, now you can go get a new arm, get a new leg, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever you want. So that's my thing that I teach, and uh, I just love what I do, man. Right. Yeah, definitely. Sure. That's awesome. So what would you tell a younger kid who's going out there, who, who's out there living a life of crime or doing things you shouldn't be doing, who's just trying to find a way, or what would you tell a younger boy? Yeah, uh, I would tell a younger boy, a young kid that, you know, it's more to it than what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You have to assess uh, people, places, and things that's around you mm-hmm. and take what's positive for you. Mm-hmm. you know, um, be real to yourself and let people know exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
and just work on certain things for as what are your goals? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you trying to do? Where are you trying to get to? Do you want to get there quickly the wrong way? Mm -hmm. You know, end up making mistakes like I did. Right. Or be patient is the word mm -hmm. I'm using. Or be patient. Mm -hmm. But you have to have um, somebody you can find to. Uh, Got to have God too, man. I right. got to oh, throw yeah. that in there. Oh, you know, yeah. Sometimes when people that. young, you know, uh, they hear the word, but you know, we don't understand. Uh, uh, the relationship mm -hmm. with God, you know, right. so to speak. But uh, had to find a spiritual base uh, and work hard. Work for what, you, what you're trying to get. Right. If you fail, you fail. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge. You know, it's a thing in the program that I took from that I, I tell any young person. It says that we do a searching and fearless more inventory of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. They mean that you know the, f the, the the fearless is mean. I'm not afraid to go looking right. inside of me. Mm -hmm. More the value to understand what I meant. So if we stay true and stay grounded and work hard, uh, it'll be better, man. Right. Yeah. Right. That's good word. Good word. Yeah. Man, it's a pleasure having you. It's 100, man, Leon. Listen, man, you're doing your thing. Yeah. I've I seen some of your broadcasts, man. You yeah. know, you got a bright future going. Appreciate it. And I think that. Uh, what you're doing can reach a lot of people, man. Right. Uh, Trying the to. The pleasure having me here, definitely. Yeah. Thank you. 100. Thank you. Yeah. Well, there you have it for another episode of the Impel Ford Podcast. If you like what you saw, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Impel Ford Podcast.